When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another season of Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. A little bit different this year as we are on different sides, but we'll still be bringing you the same content, the same love, and the same sibling banter. As you guys know, you can catch us each and every week right here, YouTube, iTunes, whatever you use for your podcast, you can find us here. If you miss us there, you can always find us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all you have to do is search at McCordy Twins. As you guys know, I'm your host, J-Mac, and then my older brother on the other side, D-Mac, he's my co-host, I let him join the show. Welcome to the show, D-Mac. I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, uh, the next week we'll be coming back and I won't be kind of angry and not really wanting to do this show with you uh, because hopefully you'll get a win and I'll get a win next week. Um, but nonetheless, I'm a professional. Uh, we have responsibilities and I'm here with you looking at a face that I'm not happy to see. Um, but I was happy to see it this morning when I looked in the mirror. So uh, even though you dropped a few notches uh, on my chart, still an okay guy, man. Good to see you. Well, well, since you brought it up, I mean, Let's discuss it. Uh, week one, Miami Dolphins in New England in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Uh, we walk away with a one-point victory in a hard-fought game. Uh, what was it like to be on the other side again? Uh, I didn't get a chance to go out there for the coin toss, but uh, both of us elected captains. My 13th year, yours 12th. But what was it like? Uh, obviously, we've done this before, playing against one another. But how was it for you having to line up against me and go against the mighty Miami Dolphins? I don't know about all that, but I spoke about it after the game. It was awkward. I think uh, the first two times we played each other, we were hurt the second time. But the first time, uh, it was natural. Like, we knew it was coming. We were never teammates. But this time was a little awkward, I think, uh, just from being teammates for the last three years um, and, and just going through that process. And, you know, I even turned to Jay Mills on the sideline. I was like, man, this is weird. When Damian broke out first play, I was like, yeah, Dame, go. And I was like, oh, damn, good tackle, J-Mac. And I was like, oh, man, forget J-Mac. That was bad tackle. We want him to score. Uh, but, no, it was fun. And um, and I'm sure, I don't know if you paid attention after the game. Uh, my wife my wife found your head coach, and she, she told him how she felt about you not being at the coin toss. So I couldn't stop her. It has nothing to do with me. She's her own person. But she uh, she was pretty angry about that. Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, weird. And you've never experienced this. Uh, but for me, whenever you get a chance, uh, in 2018, we went back to Nashville. And yeah. it was the first time I was walking in uh, Nissan Stadium as an opponent, going to the visitor's locker room, uh, that whole process. And even I was a little bit different because I was already a year removed. 2017, I was gone. Uh, this was a little bit more awkward for me, too, because this was the very next year. So it's still so many people 
on that team and within the organization. I mean, even when we pulled up and we're, we're coming through security, I'm talking to all the security guards, giving hugs, saying hi. And that's the realization, like, all right, you could be mad that you're not there anymore, but you love that place, you know what I mean? You spent three years there, you won a lot of games there, you won a Super Bowl. So walking back in there, for me, was it was pretty cool. You know, you get a chance to see some of the fans, you got a chance to play in front of them for the past three years, seeing uh, teammates, coaches, and the whole nine, uh, so it was exciting to be back in that atmosphere. And I think as we talk about atmosphere, not only going back to old places, playing against brothers, but having fans back was yeah. tremendous. I mean, I was talking to uh, Noah on our team who was a rookie last year, and he was just asking me about the atmosphere. Like, is it really that crazy? And I was like, yeah, it, it, it is all that and then some. You dream about playing on NFL Sundays. And last year, I felt for the rookies, uh, the guys that are out there, because it, was, it wasn't the NFL. It wasn't what we've grown to love and mm -hmm. I think now I mean third down while you guys were while, uh, uh, our offense was on the field I mean the stadium was rocking and you forget what that feels like yeah man there was a couple times I was screaming you know we had a play in the game I'm trying to get Doug's attention and I'm screaming as loud as I can uh, and it was like you said, it was a reminder of like how different that was last year. We were communicating everything on the field, telling basically, you know, every, you know, I'm telling the corner, I'm on the left side of the field, I'm telling the corner all the way on the right side of the field to check. Um, and it was that easy. So that was, that was fun getting back used to the crowd noise and having to perform on defense on third down, uh, at home. You know, it, it was different. So I love it. You know, I love being back in that atmosphere. And I think, you know, what you can't, you'd be remiss not to talk about is the game. It was a good game, back and forth, division opponent. Um, and you can tell, like, this will happen again. You know, we'll be down there in Miami playing you guys. Uh, obviously, we'll preview later in this show. Um, you know, we'll be on the road against the Jets. You guys have Buffalo this week, another division showdowns where it's going to be tough competitive game. So um, it was a good way to kick off the season as far as a competitive game. Um, but obviously, we wanted to come away with the win, like you said, so many familiar people, both sides, Miami and New England. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll be going at it again later in this season. Yeah, definitely. I think a fan had asked a question, uh, just what was it like for me you go, going against that offense every day? Isn't an advantage being out there? And I would say not as much as somebody would think. You, you get out there and you're playing, and there's a lot of different things from last year to this year, new quarterback, new players. So it's not like you line up and you're like, oh, here comes this play. I know this exact play is coming. Uh, but I would say what's different is when you know a lot of those guys on the field, it's like you're grown, like you're a kid growing up playing football uh, in the backyard with all your friends again because you're talking trash. You know the guy. I tackled James White and started laughing at the bottom of the pile just because you know him. That's your guy. Uh, but for me, probably the worst thing about the trip was uh, being in the hotel and being in the stadium and being forced to watch you and KV's Dunkin' Donuts commercial uh, that clear clearly would have been a way better spot had it had me in it. Uh, just with you two guys, I was just like, well, what, what am I watching? KV's talking slow as molasses. You guys don't, don't hate me. Don't hear You know, I mean, people won't see this. They won't see this today. We'll bring it to them a couple of days later. But today is $2 Tuesday. Go to Dunkin' Donuts. You'll see me in there. Get your $2 coffee. Hot or iced, you know what I mean. So I think you do. You could do that at your Dunkin' Donuts too. Probably won't see your face. Well, you see my face. Kind of looks like your face. So you'll still enjoy that. But I think I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I also think uh, 
our game, I actually showed the newer crops of quarterbacks. You know, obviously when y'all got your team, Tua, and then a lot of these rookies, obviously Mac uh, went out there and, 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 you know, played really well for us. Um, but then you look throughout the league, you can see, you know, for years, everyone always talked about how hard it was for these rookie quarterbacks to come in and play. Um, and I do think nowadays offenses are a little more, a little different compared to when we first got in the league, when it was two back runs and it was, you know, five-step drops and, and hard play action. It's more open space. It's more zone reads and stuff. And you saw guys getting out there. You saw Justin Fields, him and Trey Lance. They didn't start, but they got out there. You saw Wilson on the Jets. He was out there playing. So a lot of these new crops of quarterbacks, either rookie year or year two, um, you're really seeing these guys out there, and they're playing good football. They're doing good things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see throughout the year you know, what happens? Does Fields end up taking over? Does Trey Lance end up taking over? Uh, it, it's fun to watch to see some of these new young quarterbacks go out there and play good football. Yeah, definitely. Trevor Lawrence and Jackson, obviously, they took yes, away the number yep. one pick. The expectation was for him to be out there. But you also look at a guy like Justin Herbert, who's now his second year after performing really well uh, in, in year one. And I think, like you said, you the kind of notion was, hey, draft a quarterback, let him sit behind a veteran, let them learn the game, and then we'll throw them in there. And you see kind of the decision you guys made in New England. And like you said, moving forward, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, who's it going to be? All it takes is a bad play here or there, the young guy yep. to get in and make a few plays. And then next thing you know, he's the one in there, Trey Lance. The quarterback controversy starts as soon as you draft those guys. And as they get time on the field and they perform, we got a chance to go to Chicago in this preseason and play against Justin Fields. And it's, it's funny, whenever you're going against a quarterback is so different in yeah. practice versus when you get in the game because in practice no one's tackling the quarterback he's not really running because he's trying to make plays down the field and then you get in the game and this guy's going from one sideline to the other sideline yeah. those third down situations where they scramble and it's that bone crushing uh pickup on first down is tough so uh exciting to see the new crop and the new wave of quarterbacks and just seeing how these guys develop and as their careers continue to uh to move forward you know yeah and i think before we move on just have to throw jalen hurst in there too because exactly what you said we saw in practice a couple times he scrambled around you know we would get in a meeting room and we were like do we have him do we not have him like we don't know it comes down to actually making that play once it's in true game situation so uh that is definitely true and i think another thing um that comes with week one is injuries. I think it was tough to see. Obviously, some injuries leading into the season. You look at Baltimore, what they went through uh, with Man. losing three running backs, losing Peters. Um, you know, they they had a lot. But then you look at uh, Jason Barrett, who's battled to be in the NFL, battled through injuries, and really looked like he was turning the page uh, after, I think it was two good seasons in San Fran of being healthy. He goes down, and it looks to be like he's probably going to be out for the year. You look at uh, Jeff Odoko, uh, I hope I said his last name right, in Detroit, um, coming back for year two, high pick. He's done for the year. Uh, you see Fitz go down. You, you know, you see Beckham, uh, uh, Beckett, who we're going to play uh, on the Jets this week. He goes down. So it's always tough week one, especially with so many different things happening. Guys are so ready to go. Um, to start the season, it's always tough to see these injuries. Yeah, and like you said, I think the toughest 
you all off season, all training camp, you're thinking about this season long process, this journey of trying to get to the promised land. And when you see guys uh, seasons get cut short the first game, it's definitely tough to see. And I think one guy you mentioned, uh, Jason Barrett, he's a guy, obviously me playing the same position. When he first came in the league for the Chargers, I remember a game he played against Antonio Brown. You were like, man, this kid is the real deal and he's going to be something for a long time. So you're just praying and hoping that he can make a speedy recovery and he can find his way back on that field and you obviously have faith he's going to do that because he already has shown it uh, yeah. over and over again so uh, those are the, like you said week one to week two there's always going to be uh, a lot of changes whether it's injuries or whether it's firings as we go into the college ranks you see from week one to week two decides it is time to move on from their head coach after losing to Stanford you've never been a part of a coaching change in the middle of the season I have never in week one but have Halfway through the season, when I was in Tennessee, we uh, we fired uh, Wisenhunt and Malarkey took over, and it's 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 different. You know, you have a coach that's been on the staff, and he's obviously been there for a little while, and he knows what's not right because he's probably been writing it down. And nobody, when I when I take over, I get a head coaching job. We ain't doing this. We ain't doing that. But now. How much time do you have to try to change those things? For, for USC, you've spent all training camp doing things one way. Can you change that around to be able to make a significant difference, whoever that interim head coach is going to be? But, man, fired after the first game. That's tough. Yeah. And then, like, you know, in college, usually you grab some of these guys that might be at, you know, decent schools, like a power five school, but maybe not the top power five and, you know, maybe not the best recruiting area or something. Usually target some of those guys. But like those guys aren't they're not going to leave their teams right after week two. Like, I I just I, I wonder how that all works out. Um, they probably just have to name an interim head coach for the rest of the season and then just go. So it makes you wonder, like, what happened to fire your coach knowing that it's going to be hard to replace? Or maybe they already have the replacement ready to go. And they just gotta be keep, you just got to keep it quiet. You just yep, got to keep that, it quiet for the season. That'll be something to see what happens uh, in USC, sunny California. Um, and I, I yeah. think moving and, and hitting, you know, one of our last topics to start the show, um, I, I want to give a big shout out to New Orleans, obviously the football team. They went out and won. But that city constantly goes through things. And I think some of their sports teams pick up a lot of slack and they really help the community and the people uh, in Louisiana to just go and keep persevering. So watching the Saints go out there and, and beat Green Bay this week, I'm sure gave a lot of hope to a city that's already been through a lot. Um, so I think it was pretty cool to see that. And I know they have a strong fan base um, that we'll probably see traveling up here week three when we play the Saints. But uh, I, I have to say it was pretty cool to see them go out and get a win and just represent that city uh, so well that they've done year in and year out, um, but definitely through some of the trying uh, uh, times that they've had for the city. No doubt about it. Like you said, the city's gone through the adversity. Them as a team having to travel, practice other places, and to come out and, and, and have that type of performance uh, and week one just goes to show their resiliency. And I just think they're a, a great representative of that city and those people and how they'll, how they'll bounce back uh, from anything that they go through, any adversity. So, uh, like you said, definitely uh, really, really cool to see. And uh, obviously, as we play them, you play them this season, uh, hopefully they're not still rolling the same way they were this past <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, man, that is great. And uh, again, let's move on. Group 
chat time. What's going on in the group chat? What's happening? What is one of the big takeaways? Uh, I know we watched a video on Detroit sideline. You want to just get into that a little bit, Jay? Yes, uh, like you mentioned, Jeff Anoka got hurt. But before he got hurt, he gets into, and I won't say he gets into, because it seemed like more of the coach was bringing it on. They're going at it on the sideline. You see the blue surfaces in hand. And for you guys that don't know, there are pictures that come up. There's a picture that is taken right before the ball snap, then like three or four pictures that are taken throughout the play. And a lot of times when you get to that sideline, we're coached up on those pictures. Hey, where are you at? Hey, what are you looking at? Why didn't you go do this? Why didn't you go do that? And whatever happened on that blue surface, they must have discussed it in the meeting room because the coach was livid and they were going at it. And it made its way all throughout social media. And then one of my buddies in group chat sent us a picture, uh, two shots. One shot was the coach ripping them. The second shot was him kind of hugging them and they're laughing and smiling. And I think sometimes that's what we miss, not only in NFL or games or anything like that but sometimes as we go through life uh we always publicize and put the negative the negative the negative and sometimes we don't celebrate the positive that came either before it or after it and those are the emotions and the passion that's needed to win games on Sundays and guys go at it on the sideline players go at it players and coaches coaches and coaches go at it on the sideline because (laughs) everybody's trying to win but I think when you know somebody has your best interest in mind you guys can go at it and then you can hug it out and smile and be good the next minute because you know hey we're doing all of this because we're trying to get it right and we're trying to win so I wanted to make sure we discussed the positive that came after that because sometimes in those moments of adversity is when you grow the most yeah and speaking of sideline and going at it in the Cleveland and the Kansas City game you've seen Harrison on Cleveland get into it on the sideline um, it looked like he stepped over or stepped on a guy from Kansas City. Doesn't look, I don't think the intent was what the coach thought, but the coach thought that he stepped on a player. Coach pushes Harrison a little bit and Harrison shoves him back and he gets thrown out of the game uh, for hitting a coach on the sideline. Um, but I heard it looks like he won't be suspended because he got ejected, that they just left it at that. But that is a rare sight to see a player Should on you the get other ejected? team. If someone pushes you and you push them back, I think it, it was it was a classic case of they always find the guy who that's did it guy. last, and that's what I think it was. But yeah. when you watch the replay, he did it. The coach gave him a little shove, and then he shoved him back. I mean, I I think when they rewatched it, I think that's the reason he didn't get suspended because it was like, hey, we kind of missed this here. So it, sometimes you wonder. I know we always talk about here if you do something that could get you ejected and they miss it, sometimes you just get suspended for the next game. So it'll be interesting to see if the coach gets any repercussions uh, for putting his hands on a player. I'm not sure. We'll have to see over the next few days what comes out from that. For sure. And we're in different locker rooms now. And as you're getting ready for practice or you're getting ready for games, there's always music blasting in the locker room. Judah, Judah runs the music in the Patriot locker room. Two big speakers, all Jew. He handles all of that. All Judah. Good, 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 bad. Who, who's the main artist that's blasting through uh, the locker room on a daily basis? Well, as you know, both of us kind of up there. You're the oldest guy on your team. I'm not the oldest guy on my team, but I'm up there. Most of the time, I don't know who they're playing in the locker room. I'm learning these new artists out every day. Um, but I will say in our locker room, when you go Drake versus Kanye, Drake has stole the show in our locker room. 
the Donda doesn't get as much play as the CLB. So I will have to say that Drake has taken over in our locker room. Man, that makes y'all sound like a finesse team. Y'all playing the certified <laughs> lover boy over to Donda. I don't know if that's a, a good representation, but nah, both albums are dope. I would say in our locker room, if you have Baby in your name, you are getting played. Little Baby, Da Baby, all of these different artists. Half the time we're out on the practice field and they have a song playing and Flo will come up to me like, you know who this is? I have no idea who this is <laughs> rapping, but that just goes to show when you're 34 and you're still in the NFL, things are going to be different. Everybody is a lot younger. And as you know, it's hard to have those conversations about things that have happened in the past when you're the old guy in the locker room because they'll start talking about something that happened in 2012 when they were in fifth grade. And you're like, man, that was my fifth year in the league. So those that discussions don't, happens don't all often the time. Uh, end well. Yep, happens all the time. <laughs> now, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Now, as we talk about pop culture and everything, have you seen any of these outfits from the Met Gala? I think Ciara stole the show. She had a dress, which was Russell Wilson's jersey. Uh, the Seahawks green was pretty dope. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross had the Edna uh, haircut from the uh, Incredibles. Um, just so many crazy things. Guys wearing skirts. It's just, it, it's hard to determine what's fashion, what's this, what's that. How do you know which way to go? And the whole nine, I think for me, like, hey, I'd like just to wear cool t-shirts that I got from like Target or Kohl's. Yeah, that, but, uh, yeah, we're, do you want to attend the Met Gala one day? We're not going to get invited to the Met Gala because these t-shirts that it just won't do, you know, uh, I saw someone was talking about ASAP Rocky had on a Captain Crunch looking uh, sweater, Blanket. but it was fashion. Yeah, I think I think it was uh, Andrew Hawkins posted that on Twitter. Uh, it, it's all interesting. It's all fashion. Like like you were asking, that's all fashion. Um, but again, maybe we just need to make like some cool T-shirts um, that it's a T-shirt, but it don't look like a T-shirt, but we call it a T-shirt. But yeah, it, it might be rough for us to get out there. I'm I'm not sure just, if, if you, we get if that. If you wear it, if you wear it. If you wear three sizes too big uh, and put something crazy on it, uh, it could be fashion. Uh, but Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I don't know if you watch it, but he didn't seem didn't. to be a fan of fashion either. They showed him on the front row uh, at Fashion Week, and he was just like this. Looked like he was asleep, like he wasn't enjoying it much. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you would really appreciate who Larry David is and his character, and that's exactly what you would expect him to be doing at Fashion Week. So I definitely uh, enjoyed the shots of him taking it all in from the front row. Yeah, and ending our kind of pop culture moment in a group chat, I'm wondering who's the next celebrity boxing match. Obviously, this has been going on. You've been seeing guys boxing, YouTube sensations, uh, guys coming from the uh, UC, uh, Uf UFC fighting and doing boxing matches. Is Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly next? They get into it at the VMAs. Uh, rumor was Conor McGregor wanted a picture of Machine Gun Kelly. Said no. Drinks were tossed. They got in. They got close to almost getting each other's face. Is that what we see next? Is Machine Kelly? Does he want that? Does he want Conor? I don't know. But you, you, uh, be on the lookout for these. It you tell me if you're if you're MGK, you're Machine Gun Kelly. Are you getting in the ring with Conor McGregor? No, no, no. I'm going to pass on that. Hard pass. You're going to pass on that. Exactly. So I do not think that will be our next one. But that was an intense, intense greeting uh, that they had for one another. Conor McGregor looked pissed. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly looked like he was just observing it. He was just there for the show. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's getting in the ring with Conor McGregor. That's not a trained professional. 
Uh, but let's move right along. Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week. Keeping it awesome, which is Best a moment bit of different. the show. Best moment of the show. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. I think for the keeping it awesome moment of the week, it's I'm going to pick America in, in a whole because uh, we were able to celebrate the 20th. And I won't say celebrate, but recognize the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And I think. What it represents is the ability of people to come together. And I think sometimes in our country, uh, we're always searching for adversaries. And a lot of times we pick adversaries that are close to us, whether we're talking about race, whether we're talking about gender, it's always something that I think for our country, we're able to find a, a common ground of somebody that's done something to us, we're able to bound together. And I think that's what 9-11, we were forced to come together as people. And I think, for myself and I know you as well, um, that's something that's gonna always be enriched in, in your in your brain and in your mind because you know exactly where you were and what you were doing that day. I remember being in school, uh, in class, not knowing what the heck was going on uh, in Jersey and then getting home and actually being able to see it on the TV and just being in shock and us getting home and talking to our mom and trying to get an understanding of what just happened, why it happened, and then just growing up in New York uh, area, New York, New Jersey area, having so many people where I didn't have anyone that was directly in, in any of the buildings, but knowing so many people that did, that lost loved ones, whether it was mom or dad or aunt, uncle, and it's just something you, you'll always remember. I remember being at Rutgers and uh, over the years, uh, uh, a movie came out about 9-11 and we went as a team and just a hundred guys sitting in that movie theater almost in tears because you know how crazy that moment was and the impact that it had on so many different lives. Yeah, I thought one of the key things you said, come together and you come together just out of love, love for one another. And uh, I would encourage anybody, if you've never seen, uh, you go on YouTube and look up the red bandana um, uh, a guy from our hometown, Nyack, New York, uh, was working in, in one of the World Trade Center buildings. Uh, and I won't tell all of the story, but, you know, he was a finance guy. Uh, but growing up, he had volunteer firefighter and actually told his father that was something he really wanted to do and was thinking about doing. Uh, so if you get time, it's about, I think, four or five minutes of video of just his courage um, and just being selfless of, you know, having an opportunity to rescue a few people and being out of the building and could leave and going back in to rescue more people. Uh, Wells, uh, the red bandana man, uh, as many of the survivors knew him as, um, was obviously a great person and did some great things. I think represents uh, exactly why we still recognize the heroes, uh, men and women from 9-11. So, uh, it's always an honor, I think, as an athlete to get to play around that date or on that date uh, and try to represent so many of those heroes uh, for their loved ones who love sports and still watch. And just to see the celebrations throughout college football, whether it was Rutgers jerseys, uh, Boston College wearing the Wells on the back of their jerseys. Um, it, it was just cool to see, um, you know, the recognition and, and everyone coming together for that weekend and, and talking about it. Uh, and remembering so many lives lost. So uh, again, huge shout out to all of the men and women who are still heroes and represent us uh, doing a lot of the work right in our service uh, uh, and militaries, uh, doing the work that you know a lot of us can't and won't do. Uh, we thank you guys for that. So uh, big appreciation, 9-11. Uh, Definitely, and continue prayers 
uh, and well wishes to those that were directly impacted and indirectly impacted. I know it's been some years since, but uh, I know that's something that will always be with those families and just praying that they're all covered and, and leaning on one another uh, as we kind of remember uh, what went on 20 years ago. Um, let's let's get into some Twitter questions. I just saw yeah, one gotta, come through. Gotta... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I just saw one come through from Kathy Hole, and uh, she asks, do you like competing against each other or competing with each other better and why? Uh, also, which twin is more competitive on and off the field? I think that's a, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good question. Yeah, I think we like competing with each other. Uh, obviously, uh, we won a championship together uh, on many levels, state championships growing up, uh, championships in basketball in high school. Uh, so we've had a lot more success like that. Um, and I would say why is I think we both enjoy the thinking part of sports and what we do and obviously our competitive nature. And I would say off the field, J-Mac is more competitive, like in video games and all that stuff. Um, but I'm just better at most of that stuff. So uh, maybe I want to win. <laughs> no, I would definitely say uh, growing up, we were always we always wanted to be on each other's team. I think we've talked about it before. Uh, when you're an identical twin, everybody wants to see you go against each other. And we kind of our thought process, we wanted to be on the same team and try to embarrass each other. Uh, but I think obviously now having done it all at the highest level, I mean, it's just such a blessing no matter what to be playing in the yeah. NFL, whether it's alongside one another or against each other uh, for doing it for over a decade, man, it's just truly a blessing. So we just try to enjoy it to the fullest as we wind down in these long careers. You don't know how many more you have left. So you just try to maximize it uh, and run with it as long as possible. Yeah. What's what's your next? What we got next on the, the Twitter fan line? Next question. Who is your Mount Rushmore of Rutgers alumni? Oh, we, Paul, let's Paul put, Robeson definitely is first. Definitely yeah, let's, is, is one. Let's put these brains together. Um, I think we gotta go. We gotta go see Vivian Stringer, too. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I think it's only right. I think we gotta go Carly Lloyd, who announced retirement coming up after a couple friendlies in the fall. Uh, she's got to be up Lloyd. there somewhere. Uh, Olympian, World Cups, you know, no, that's done no, doubt, that. no doubt, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. And we're probably and missing somebody that's just, we're, we're sports guys, we're probably missing somebody that's just changed the entire world uh, with cancer research or something that we aren't, don't really know much about, but. Um, yeah, but we're sports guys. This I don't is know. sports. Yeah, number, um, number four, I, I'm, I might. Ray Rice, Cappy Pond, Dexter, Brian Leonard's up there. Uh, the fourth spot might be hard, hard to fill. Yeah, Tom I mean, Frazier, like that's what I was thinking too. Gerard, Gerard Cherry, uh, a lot of success in the NFL as well as a safety. Um, who we want to go fourth? Do we just go with good old faith? Do we go Greg Schiano? Greg Schiano. I'm going. I'm going, Greg I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Ray Rice. Uh, he, Ray Rice? He, he, helped, he helped put the program on the map. I'm going Ray Rice. Heisman finalist. I'm going yeah, players over. Like, I'm going e players. E player over coach. I got you. We go Ray Rice. Yeah, and then a third question is for me. Grant uh, Titchman uh, asked two questions, but basically just asked about my time uh, in Tennessee, and I would say uh, let's a make very this special fast. place let's to make me. This fast. Tennessee, make it a fast. Long time ago. Got married yeah. there, had kids there. Very special time. 
Uh, didn't win a lot of ball games there. Uh, obviously, there were years there where you felt like you had a good team. Every year before the first game, everybody feels like they have had a good <laughs> team. And I think what you see now from the Titans is you see an organization where everything's in order. Uh, from ownership to management to the head coach, you can see that they're all on one accord. And that's why you've seen the success uh, that they've had over the last few years. My time there, I would say that wasn't probably always the course, the uh, the way it was going. Uh, so that's what that's how you end up two and 14, three and 13 and going through some really uh, adverse years. So uh, I grew up a lot in Tennessee, learned a lot about the business, uh, helped me become the player and guy I am today. Uh, so I'm always very appreciative of my time in Nashville. Uh, I love that city. So I'll definitely be back there uh, at some point. Nashville, a.k.a. Nash Vegas. Uh, let's move on to one of my Bachelor favorite parts. Party Central. Who lost the weekend? Uh, this mm. is always fun um, because you can pick this a lot of easy, different though. things. This was easy, though. Yeah, this, this one week. was easy. I, I, I didn't see this game, but I turned on the highlights and uh, shout out our guy T. Brooks down in Houston. Always rep Florida State heavy. Um, but Florida State loses to Jacksonville State. Six seconds on the clock. They're probably about the 45-yard line or something like that. Florida State is in like a cover three defense. Only one single where's high the, safety where's the back. Madden, where's the Madden prevent defense at? Where's the prevent? They're not a prevent defense. Jacksonville State uh, drops back, throws a fade ball on the uh, outside on the right side. Guy catches it, cuts back on a high entry from the safety, makes a Strike miss. Band. Touchdown, six seconds left. Game over, just like that. Like you shouldn't lose like that. Um, six Storm the field. Reminded me a little bit of my um, uh, miracle in Miami. Not that we want to talk about that. So let's just move right along. Who won the week? Uh, a friend of the show, one Mr. Of my former, Jones. One of my former teammates, Mr. Chandler Jones. Jones. Three sacks in the first quarter, and one of my friends texts in the group chat like, hey, I just saw Chan had three sacks in the first quarter. Did they adjust the game plan and shut him down? Nope. He got two more sacks, finished with five sacks, six tackles, and two forced fumbles. And it got reported in did the offseason. Did you see a celebration? Yeah, I just you can hit it right after. It got reported in the offseason. Chandler Jones was looking for a new contract. Don't know if it's true or not. None of us know. It was rumored. Say whatever you want. After his fifth sack, what did he do, J-Matt? Pay okay. me. Pay me. Should, Ch should Chandler Jones now stay sit a sit-in? Show up. Don't sit down. Show up every day, but I'm not playing till you pay me. And you can get those five sacks, two forced fumbles, whenever you want to open up the bank. Go go sit down and have a seat, Chan. Go, uh, you're in Arizona, go get you something, sit out in the sun, go bake a little bit and take the week off, my guy. You had five sacks. That deserves a new contract. Uh, before before we get out of here, let's preview the week. Who do you guys, you guys got Buffalo. Uh, I know it's early in the week. What is it looking like? Uh, what do you need to do to go uh, try to go 2-0 out here? Yeah, like you said before, division opponent, our home opener right here is going to be hot. 1 p.m. start at Hard Rock Stadium. And obviously, uh, Buffalo coming off a, a great season. They fell a little bit short last week versus Pittsburgh. But uh, Josh Allen uh, had an MVP-type season last year uh, alongside Stephon Diggs. They've added Emmanuel Sanders. 
Cole Beasley still there, McKenzie. Uh, it's just the Singletary in the backfield. Uh, there's a, just a ton of weapons with a quarterback that can make every single throw. And oh, did I add that he can also run with the ball as well. Yeah, tough task. And we'll be on the road this week, going, heading down the the home area, New York, New, New Jersey. Jersey, the New York Jets, but in New Jersey. Uh, it'll be a great game going against another young quarterback. Wilson uh, had his debut uh, last week going against the Panthers. Darnold facing his old team. So I'm sure that had a lot of hype for the young quarterback. Um, so we'll have to be ready to go. It's a, a familiar opponent, but a really a new team, new coaching staff. Uh, Wilson's a new player. Uh, you got Coleman at running backs, a new player. You got new receivers with Davis and more. Um, so we'll have to really be prepared. Our Rutgers own Tyler Croft playing tight end. Um, so we'll have to dig in on these guys and we'll have to try to get in the win column. Two teams that'll be trying to do the same thing next week. It'll be a battle uh, down there in New Jersey. Yeah, and before we get out of here, shout out to Justin Reed uh, of the uh, Houston Texans. His hometown is Louisiana, and he raised $10,000 filling two 18-wheeler trucks with goods to help those impacted by Hurricane uh, Ida. So a huge shout out to him, and I'm sure it's not only him. There's a ton of guys uh, that are doing a ton of work uh, in Louisiana to help those uh, impacted. But as you guys always know, thank you for tuning in. Make sure when you go to iTunes, YouTube, or whatever you use for your podcast, you, you hit that somebody. little subscribe button. Mama, we made it! We made it more this week because we got the victory, but we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Go check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at McCourty Twins. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next week.